Welcome to another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. I have a world-renowned musician on the line <laughs> about to chop it up with me on my podcast. I feel so honored, you know. He didn't play for everybody, but, uh, you know, I call him a friend. I call him a homie. My yes, homeboy, Derek Ray. What up, bro? Whoa. Yes, Ray. Uh, man, what's up, man? I'm chilling, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. Life's good. Can't complain. I'm, you know, trying to be like you, a homeowner or whatever. Take a step backwards, bro. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's that humble black man talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, take a step back, brother. You know? (laughs) Ah, you know, no, bro. I'm trying to be like you. (laughs) Don't take a step back, man. Please don't. Nah, man, I hear you, G. No, but, um... What's happening, man? How are you? Chilling. You good? I'm good, man. No complaints, man. I'm I'm really good. I can honestly say that. I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Like, I'm really good. Like, I feel good. I feel like I'm in a great space. I feel like I'm in I'm where I'm supposed to be in life with what's going on with me. I think I I, I feel really good. I can say that, honestly. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I'm gonna ask you the question that I ask everybody. What's your favorite pair of gym shoes? Jordan 1. Really? Yeah, it's my favorite, favorite pair of shoes of all time. Okay. Why the Jordan 1? I I feel like it goes with everything. You can put it with anything. You can pair Uh it with any outfit. You can put it on with a suit, dope jeans. You can put a jogging suit on. You can put some trousers. You can put, it's it's fresh with some shorts. Like, you can literally wear them with anything. The funny thing is that, like, the Jordan 2 is my favorite. So the one that has, like, the bulkier silhouette that was oh, yeah. really made of, like, the Italian leather. I like the original ones that's made of, like, the Italian leather and all of that stuff. It's, it's, it's just a dope shoe. And I got fat feet. So what happened? <laughs> what having fat feet, you know, it kind of fit a fat nigga. So, you know, I, I like it a lot. <laughs> but uh i want to talk about uh speaking of like clothes and you know being fresh out here in this world i want to talk about faith moves like what happened that made you say faith moves is what i'm gonna put on clothes honestly um i was on tour uh, with justin timberlake and my oldest daughter tweety called me mm-hmm. and- I was in Canada. I'll never, ever forget this. And she called me. She said, Chump, what you doing? I said, I'm about to go to the gym. She said, have you heard Cardi B's new song? I'm like, you know, I don't listen to Cardi B. I would. That's not something I would listen to. She's like, well, you should listen to Money Moves when you get to the gym. So I get to the cardio part of, of my workout. I'm like, let me listen to, to Money Moves. And it, it was super dope. The song was dope. But she kept talking about having this money and getting this money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm standing there and I'm like, God, I ain't got to my money yet. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't gotten to the status that she's talking about. So how do I relate to this? And God clearly spoke to me and was like, you don't need money when you have faith. You make mm-hmm. faith. And I was like, faith moves, faith moves. And I sat with it for like a couple of days. And I was like, what is this? What is like, what is fake moves? And he began to talk to me about it. But then I also 
reminded myself that I've lived by faith my whole life, my music career, having kids early and, and trying to navigate that. I've done all of that by faith. So mm-hmm. when the idea came, the guy I was on tour with, Brian, he has a clothing line. He was like, bro, that's super dope. We're on the biggest tour in the world right now. If you do nothing but get t-shirts and sell them while you're on this tour, it would be the greatest thing you could possibly do for yourself to make a brand and set yourself up. Mm-hmm. So that's literally how it started. And I almost didn't do it. I was like, I don't really want to sell clothes. Like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with trying to find things and blah, blah, blah. And God was like, all right, if you don't do it, I'm going to give it to somebody else. You have to watch somebody else be successful at what I gave you. Mm-hmm. But once into it it kind of took on a life of its own it's kind of it's kind of a cool situation that's dope i feel the same way about jesus and gym shoes right so i had it and i had been sitting on it i wrote it out last year like man i'm doing jesus and gym shoes and then like everybody not really everybody but a bunch of people just started dropping podcasts dropping podcasts and i was just like oh i don't want to be lumped into everybody else yeah sure and I was just like, but I got something that I want to say, like a way yeah. that I want to do it. Right. Because every, you have like these, these, uh, these different polls that people are at. So they'll have like just straight Jesus. And it's just like gun hold down, down, um, just down home. Like it, it's no real way to explain it, but like, they just like heavy, 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 heavy Jesus. And it's like, yeah. where did, what is the person that's kind of in between, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the person that uh, they got self-help and life skills and all in like money management and all of these things. And like, where is the in-between or the merging of those two things? So, you know, I love to talk about uh, like life skills and Jesus because they, following Jesus is a life skill, right? Really? It really is a life skill, right? Just like you were talking about faith um, or you making faith moves, like you need, <laughs> you need faith to, you know, keep going, right? Yeah. And having that faith in Jesus is one of those things where people, you know, it helps us, right? Right. So what's one of those moments that I, I know a little bit, but like, what's one of those moments, like you, you mentioned having kids early, like What's one of those moments that you want to talk about where you really, really had to depend on Jesus? Every moment. (laughs) (laughs) Literally every moment. But um, I will say a specific moment was even outside of having kids. Like I had my my first kid at 17. I had my son Memon at 17. Mm -hmm. And I had no clue. I had no blueprint. I didn't have a dad. I had no nobody close enough that I could lean on and say, hey, this is what it's supposed to look like. So that was a moment, but there was a, a time after that, after having two kids and being a musician, I was yeah. on tour with um, American Idol. I mm-hmm. did that for five years straight and then I got fired for no reason. Dang. Literally, we go for absolutely nothing. But right after that, I got called to audition for Michael Bolton. So mm-hmm. I'm like, God got me. Like, <laughs> he set me up. Like, it was literally days after American Idol. 
happened. And I'm like, man, this is about to be sweet. Like the money's cool. He's about to be out for a while. And it's Michael Bolton. You know what I mean? Like it's another level of music. So I get out there, her rehearsal. I could tell that he didn't like me. You know what I mean? I could tell, not that he didn't like me, but he didn't really want me there for whatever yeah. reason. So we get out there, he's nitpicking at me. Like he's like picking at me for no reason. We get on tour, I play two shows, I get to the hotel and they call me and was like, yeah, Mike wanted to bring his old bass player back. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how am I, I, this was supposed to be the next six months for me, you know what I mean? So yeah. in that time, it caused me to really solely rely on God. It literally caused me to not feel so, scared I, I was scared i'm not gonna front but once you get to a level in faith it's like all right god obviously you had something to do with this or you allowed it so whatever you allowed or you had to do with it i'm trusting that you'll set me up for the next thing and mm -hmm. literally within maybe a couple months i was on to the next thing but it took that that time for me to be fired twice <laughs> back to back to build my faith up to get to a point where it's like man I trust God, like whatever happens, whatever comes, if I get fired again, I trust God. I know he's, he got my back. I know he's going to literally sustain me. He didn't put me in this area of work for me not to be in this area of work. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really, really what catapulted my faith to where it is today. What did you do? So what did you, so two questions. The first one I'll ask is what scripture holds you over during those times where you got to trust? Or you got to like have faith. I know the plans that I have for you to prosper you and to give you hope. That literally is my life. That yeah. is I stand on. I, okay. Because if he has plans for me, my plans are obsolete. Yeah. So even you if I got to work the middle, <laughs> even if I thought Michael Bolton was it, it's like Jeremiah 29 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Mm -hmm. your plans aren't my plans your ways aren't my ways and that's it's hard to accept when you're young and you're trying to make a way for yourself but once you really rely on him and you really rely on the fact that he said i have plans for you you have to really relinquish your plans and allow him to be and do what he's going to do true very true very, very true. Hard. same time no oh nigga i know like in real <laughs> life very i know good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Super uh, it is, it, yeah. So it's oh, I know. What did you do, or what what did you do then during those times that would like prepare you? Right. So a lot of people they just go through those seasons of faith, and they're just like, I'm just depending on God. Did you do anything to like set yourself up where you'd be ready for the next thing? I did. One thing that I did and that I always do, I, I take church very serious. Like even playing at church, yeah. when, when those times came where I only had church, I treated it like I was on tour with the with the artist that was paying all of this money. So when the time came back around, I would be prepared. So I would I would make sure I know music for church. I would be on time. I would make sure that that I was where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be. So it would become a habit. So now when I get a call 
the guys that call me already know we ain't got to worry about them knowing the music. We ain't got to worry about them being on time, lobby calls, being at the airport. We literally don't have to worry about this guy because we trust him. But it was in those times where I was doing nothing, where I made sure that I was, I was where I was supposed to be and the type of musician that I wanted to be. But that was really me doing that at church. I okay. really, really honed in. I, I really taught, I learned how to be a professional musician by being at church. I took it that serious. I took it really, and I still do. I still take it very serious. I'm on time. Like they never have to be like, how, how long before you get here? I'm near 20, 30 minutes before we're supposed to be there. That's just how I operate. I think that's a lost art, right? The, 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 the steps that you have to take to make sure that you're prepared, right? A lot of people don't, don't know that you still have to work in those times. Um, like, so I was watching um, Amon Shumper and Tiana Taylor's show. Um, and Amon, when Amon first got back from, when he got released from the Nets, he was just like, you know, I got to make sure that I'm staying ready. Yeah. I got to like make sure that I'm staying ready. I still have to work out aggressively. And he did that up until the end of the season. And he was just yeah. like, you know, I still got to make sure I'm working out aggressively because at any point I could get a call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you just never know when you're going to get that call. And it was, it's, it's one of those things. So like last year, it was funny. In 2020, I had made, uh, I told my cousin early in like January, I was like, man, I'm buying a building. I'm buying a building. Because she her birthday is like January 29th. So she flew to Houston because it was her 30th birthday. And I was supposed to go. And, you know, I forgot that I was supposed to buy a ticket like <laughs> months in advance. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, crap, it is this weekend. Let me just go ahead and buy a ticket. And then like whatever the price was, it wasn't like, it wasn't astronomical. But I was just like, you know, all my money's going towards me trying yeah. to get a building. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the building in October, like four contracts later or four different places later, yeah, she told me, she was like, you told me in January that you were getting a building, yeah. right? And so the thing I did to, and I, it blew my mind that she remembered that first. But then secondly, the, the steps of making sure that like I paid off all my debt. Yeah. Uh, and making sure that, like, even though I was sitting in the house, like, I couldn't do Uber Eats every day or, like, you know, <laughs> those types of things. I could just buy every pair of gym shoes, you yeah. know? It was like I had to sit still um, yeah. and make sure. But, like, what is it? So, and I know that with being on a roll, like, what is it that that keeps you centered when you're out there on the road and when you're traveling and you're doing all of that stuff? that kind of keeps you back, that kind of keeps you grounded? Man, because I learned from Michael Bolton and American Idol that it could be gone at any given moment. And it's nothing that you've done for it to be gone. Like, they can let you go at any given moment. And I tell this story to all up-and-coming musicians. I got called to do Jay-Z in 2017. I did, I did Rihanna, Right after Rihanna, I did Chris Brown. Then my boy called me to do Jay-Z. And in my mind, this is the steps that you take as a musician. Like you go, Rihanna, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm going on this upward ladder, right? So I didn't tell nobody. And for whatever reason, I was just like, I'm not going to tell too many people about this. I'm not going to, because I know that these things can happen. Like you can get let go, whatever. But I'm like... 
Omar called me, we solid. I'm going to LA to do Jay-Z. Get to LA, get to rehearsal. Music director sits us down with his DJ guru. It's like, Jay is about to go out for a while. And he told me to get the guys that I feel I can get the job done. We're about to work, guys. It's about to be amazing. Jay's super cool. He told me to get everybody I wanted to get, blah, blah, blah. So we leave that day. He's like, we're coming back tomorrow. Jay's coming in at six. So once Jay get here, we get to work. Jay-Z comes in, speaks to everybody but me and the guitar player. Okay. And I'm like, that's not odd. These artists, they speak. Sometimes they don't speak. So he's talking to everybody but me and the guitar player. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. I text the guitar player like, man, he know you. Why he not speaking to you? Like, you got a relationship with him. He's like, I don't know. This is super weird. So we sit in rehearsal till 2 o'clock in the morning. The very next day, Omar texts me like, hey, man, come downstairs for a second. And I'm like, all right, cool. He was like, man, Jay don't want to use guitar and bass. So they're going to send you guys to the crib. And I'm like, wait, what? Y'all flew us out? He's like, man, I apologize. This is not what they told me in the beginning. They told me to bring you guys out. But Jay don't want to use guitar and bass. And it's really nothing. I try to talk them out of it, blah, blah, blah. So in that moment, I realized that when you own something, you can do what you want to do with it. Yep. You can. You could, you could shut it down. You could close it. So in that moment, I learned to always be flexible, but always trust God in that moment. No matter what's happening, no matter how high you feel like you're up or no matter how low you feel like you are, always trust God. And that day when 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 I got the news about Jay not wanting to use guitar and bass is when I got the call for Justin Timberlake. Had I not been in L.A. that day, I wouldn't have got the Justin Timberlake call. Mm. Guy who put the call out for Justin Timberlake was in LA that day. He's my friend, but he was in LA. He's like, I got to find somebody. Can you do it? I was like, well, I just got fired from Jay-Z. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I stay humble, man, because it could be taken away at any given moment. You know what I mean? It could be gone literally just like that. That's wild. Yeah, bro. I was having a conversation with um, one of my frat brothers that uh, he just retired from playing football and he played for like six or seven years. And he was just like, you know, I just walked away. <laughs> it was like, I knew I could like go again and like try and do all of that stuff. But he was just like, you know, I'm okay. He yeah. was just like, you know, at any point, it could be gone. He was like uh, seeing those people, and I never, I never got to play pro football. I always wanted to. Closest mm-hmm. thing I ever came from came to it was, you know, <laughs> I, nothing close. Like nothing close <laughs> to play pro football. Nothing close, right? <laughs> like he could play like arena or something, or like try it out a couple of times, but like nothing close. Yeah. And so he was just like, you, you wake up one day and they'll have a ticket for you. Mm. Like you could have balled out. Like, yep, could have balled out, and they just like, yeah, we don't really need you. We don't so, want you. Thank you I for want your- you. Yeah, yeah, we got somebody. You know, somebody else could have got released, and they right there. You know, yeah, literally right there. Either there's no explanation that has to be given to you. None. We're you. Thank you. No, <laughs> none. And you know, it's funny because like I, uh, I've been interviewing. Or like just you know talking to different people, and 
you hearing these people and it's just like, bro, you, uh, you've given me no feedback. Yeah. None. <laughs> it's like, you've given me absolutely none. And you're just like, yeah, I don't really like the way this guy talks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like something as simple as that. Like, yeah. For real. It's, it's crazy to hear you say that. Oh, but that time out there with Justin, like, I wanted to come to that concert so bad. I think I, I just had a lot going on when you was out there. Yeah. That was, it was crazy. It was absolutely amazing. Where all did y'all go? Everywhere. Literally. I was out for 18 months. Your, pa- your passport crazy, ain't it? Kind of. I got, I had to get another one. I wish. That's a, that's not like a flex either. That's no, no, no. Me. I know. I asked the question. <laughs> I asked the question. I mean, yeah. but like everybody's everybody that was on the tour went the same places as you. So it's not yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know, it ain't it ain't that. It's it, you know, it's interesting, like being in these, being in those scenarios, and then you come back home and you're like, yo, I was just out. Do you ever like? Do you ever reflect? on the fact that you were like out with these people doing what you love to do? I more so my son reflects than I do. You know what I mean? I come home and he's like, man, do you realize you just got off tour with Justin Timberlake? And I'd be like, dang, I, you never stop to think about it because it's the hustle of it. But it's like, he, one day we would sit, we was riding in the car and he was like, do you realize that you play with Rihanna, Justin Timberlake, Chris Brown, Jay-Z, Alicia Keys. And you don't really, you, you don't really like take moments to like, I'm gonna think about this, but it's like, man, I've been, I've been so blessed and so fortunate to play with all of these artists. But I, I go back, like you said, with your cousin, I remember sitting at my grandmother's dining room table and telling her grandmother, I'm going to play with the biggest artists in the world and I'm going to travel the world with these people. And she said, that's not a job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I was 14 years old at the time. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I, this is what I know I want to do. And from that moment, it's like I pursued that. And to sit and think about it, it's just like mind blowing that you can speak something and then like, see it happen. Like same thing with your building. You like January, October, I got the building that I talked about. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. So your first, one of your first gigs that you talked about um, was with Ricky Diller, right? First gig was a Ricky. My first yes. professional gig was Ricky Diller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What one was that? My life too, dude. Like one of the most amazing times of my life. Honestly, my first time we made it special. My first time really not having like my mama with me going anywhere. My grandmother with me going out of town. It was the first time that I got kind of grew up and became a man. Mm. And Ricky is a he's super, super cool. Like people think he's one way. Like you, you have your perspective of him. but He's really a nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky Dillard is really a nigga. Like, that's yeah. what Like, he's really a nigga. And he was yeah. just he was all around good dude, man. And he was great at what he did. Yeah, I remember he, um, so my my dad used to sing, uh, no, Ricky sang at LSD. Ricky sang yeah. at LSD and he sang in the Tommies, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So my dad sang and my mom both both my mom and dad sang with Ricky. Um and something else and some other choir that they that they did. But I remember like him, Ricky's one of my favorite directors. Like oh, him and Alanda Draper. Alanda Draper is number one for me. I remember being like six, seven, eight, something. They had a big concert at Universal Temple on 119. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Bro. Like it was Ricky, Atlanta Draper, like Hezekiah Walker. Was like Mark Hubbard at that Mark concert? Hubbard. Mark Hubbard was at that concert. Um bro, I'm I was t- in I'm- the back. I got Atlanta Draper's <laughs> autograph, bro. Like <laughs> I got Atlanta Draper's autograph, bro. Like, you know, RIP to Atlanta Draper, but like yeah. on the Jesus and Jim Shoes like playlist. I had to add, like, yeah. it, I had to, like, Atlanta yeah. Draper is one of those people, him and Ricky, I always wanted to direct, like, them. Like, yeah. I always wanted to. My mom and my dad directed, but I always wanted to be, like, direct like Ricky or direct yeah. like Atlanta Draper because they were just so dope. But what is it that you learned, like, being so young, going out, you know, doing stuff like that? I know you said that it was a good time in your life or, like, you were able to grow up, but what was it that that early uh those early jobs kind of instilled in you hard work you know what i mean it to work really hard to be very efficient at what you did like when we when we would work with ricky we weren't flying we were on a bus like a charter bus mm-hmm. so even going to new jersey we're, we're driving to new jersey 18 hours we're gonna drive there they might get us a hotel room. You know what I mean? There's one hotel room for the band. So you go in there, shower, get back on the bus, go to the gig. We're turning right back around and drive back to Chicago. Yeah. There's no, we're going, well, we're going to stay overnight. We're turning right back around and sit on this bus. And it taught me, it taught me patience. You know what I mean? Like I always wanted the bigger gigs. Even when Ricky Dilla happened, I always wanted the Marvin Saps and the Fred Hammonds, that was always what I aspired to. But it, it taught me to like, man, enjoy where you are in this moment. Like enjoy working with the, the best that Chicago has to offer. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. With Mike Taylor, Rex Hardy, um, Calvin Rogers, and all of these guys that were on this gig, like enjoy these guys because these guys are the guys, the guys that are going to help you get to the next level that you're trying to get to. Yeah. So, enjoy this moment get what you're supposed to get out of this moment and not be so eager to get to the next moment yeah yeah that's really really what i learned and i still do that today like every gig i'm on i try to enjoy the gig like i don't care who it is if i'm playing at church i want to really enjoy the moments that i get to play at church because i don't get those moments often right now you know what i mean so if i'm able to play i'm still going to treat it like i'm playing with rihanna i'm going to learn music I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be on time. And I'm going to really, really enjoy the moment. That's the, the one thing I really learned playing over there with them. Mm, that's crazy. Who was it that you wanted to play like when you were younger? Maurice Fitzgerald. Woo! Bro, let me tell you something. I, I literally was like a, a, a stunt double for Maurice. Because I really, really... And it, it wasn't even the way he played. It was the way... It was how he played, how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I learned to play with feeling. 
you can't teach that to anybody. That's not something you can you can sit somebody down and say, hey, you need to play this to make these people feel this way. Every time you heard Maurice, you felt him in your chest. It's like, man, that nigga played A flat, but it felt like a different A flat. <laughs> he played this. And then what happened was I found myself in trying to be Maurice. I found Swole and I found my sound in trying to sound like this guy. So I accredit everything that I am musically to him because I really wanted to be him. That's the guy that I looked up to and I really wanted to, I wanted people to, to look at me and be like, man, he sounds like Maurice. Yeah. That's really, really what I worked at. And still to this day, that's my guy. He's still one of the most amazing musicians that I've ever heard. I saw him a couple of months ago, him and Sharky were at a city winery. Bro. Bro, yeah, it you like in the music community. Once you get older, they they people try to like push you to the side. Maurice never got older. You know what I mean? His sound and the way he plays, he never became the guy like uh, he not really that good no more. Maurice Fitzgerald will get on the gig right now and completely destroy you, bro. At fi almost fifty years old, like to this day, will destroy any gig you put him on. Bro, he was in that thump. Like him and Sharky, like they he yeah. take that like it it it's as if he was playing at the United Center. He don't he don't separate the two. Like if he playing at City Ronnery, he's gonna play it like he's playing at the United Center. And that's what makes him the the person that he is. Like, and I got that from him. Like you don't you don't take the day off. Like you don't because you're over here at the storefront church. You don't play like you plan on stage with Justin Timberlake. Like you, you take them same mentalities to every stage that you play on. That's why he's the the king to me. That's crazy. That I mean, not that it's crazy. It's I, yeah. Maurice is crazy. We I was in there. And I was like, I know Sharky's music. I listen to it, but hearing it live and then you hear mm -hmm. like Maurice most definitely stood out. Like that's yeah. how I remember like. Maurice was there. <laughs> Maurice stood out. He feeling, bro, and and it's undeniable. Like you said, he's gonna stand out every single time, no matter where he is. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's one of those things where you have to. I mean, well, shit, you stand out, and I know Maurice stands out, but like you really stand out. I I, I remember listening to something, something that you that you had me listen to, and I was like. Dang, this is dope. This is dope. I was like, he, okay, I hear him. It. I get that from him. Like, I'm a, yeah. I'm a product of him. Mm -hmm. Living product, product of him. That's awesome. It's all. It's always. It's always interesting to hear who's people who influences people mm -hmm. because you just never know it's those small right. things yeah that people have or those small interactions that people have with people that can like change their whole the whole trajectory of their life absolutely and i'm i'm one of those people and maurice was my person that completely changed my my path in life completely i wouldn't even be i wouldn't have i wouldn't even be able to play on the stages that I play on without Maurice. Had I not met Maurice, I probably would have taken a longer route to get to the person that I am today. 
I would go sit at this dude's house, man. He literally, he, he taught me like I was in college, bro. I, I took a crash course in Maurice. I would be in his basement, listen to this. I played this because he played that. And I did this because the keyboard player did that. It literally was him imparting in me things that he didn't do with nobody else. There were other guys in my age bracket that played bass that loved him, that literally were enamored by him the same way I was. He didn't take that time out with them, though. Yeah. He didn't make time for them. Like, I remember his wife, when he was on the road, his wife would let me in their basement. He'd be like, Lisa Swole's coming over. He's going to be in the basement. And it wasn't like, well, why he coming over here? Okay, tell him to ring the doorbell. And I would be in their basement for hours, man, like literally studying everything that he did. That's, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. When you, yeah, when you have those people um, that do that. So there most definitely have been people that did that to me. Like I had a coach in college. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Smith, like everybody just knew, like his kids, they was it was it was it was similar to me because my parents weren't. Able, I went to college in Kansas, so my parents weren't able to come down there. But like Coach right. Smith, his family just like took a hold of me, and I was there eating brunch, I mean, you know, eat, eating lunch and eating dinner, and you know, I had I had a a, a placemat for Sunday dinner. Like it was just. Yeah. It was it was one of those situations like the kids would come on campus and they would just be right with DJ. They just like the wife would know. Oh, yeah, they would DJ. Right. Right. <laughs> like they down there. And so it's it's interesting how those things and how those things kind of change you. And it allowed me to have family away from family. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It allowed me to have family away from family. So it uh, is 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 dope that you had that experience to sure. kind of to, to help you out but what's next for uh faith moves uh man honestly just trying to take the brand to the next level um what does that look like i don't know you know what i mean i really have no clue of what that looked like um i'm just learning as i go and I, i'm glad i'm able to do it that way um because what what i'm able to learn on my own i'm able to share with somebody else there's so many people DM me or musicians that I talk to is like, man, how did you get started? Or what are you doing? And how do you do that? Everything I, I know and I've learned, I literally pass on to somebody else. I'm not the guy that's like, well, I'm going to set up a course for you to blah, blah, blah. Whatever I know and have I learned it, this is what I did. This is how I did it. I This is where I go to get what I get. This is how it's, I, 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 I'm on a journey of learning. So I yeah. honestly know what the the next phase of faith moves is at this moment i'm i'm trying to take it to the next level finding better quality stuff not that my stuff wasn't quality i'm literally just trying to take it to the next level and and push the brand as far as i can push it you know what i mean and take it as far as i could take it but i don't i don't really know what that looks like Mm -hmm. if if god is going to send me somebody that'll help me or send me to the people that's already doing it at the level that I want to get to and allow them to help me. But I'm, I'm a day by day guy when it comes to that. Who do you want to work with that you haven't worked with? Jerry Lorenzo. I love Jerry Lorenzo, bro. Yeah. Much up for the clothes. I love his journey. I love the fact that he just tried. I love the fact that he just 
took a leap of faith. You know what I mean? He goes against everything that the fashion world says, and it works every time. Yeah, like leisure wear shouldn't work. Like, bro, like essentials shouldn't work. Like Nike's doing that. Nike's doing that. Everybody, bro, it works. And he's the blueprint to what young black people could possibly be. I don't. I've never been a Virgil guy. I know what he's done is epic. Uh, Don C, I know what they've done is super, super epic, but I relate to, Don, uh, not Don C, I relate to Jerry because what the faith aspect of it and yeah. his stuff is dope. You know what I mean? It ain't like a super like overly godly thing and the clothes is whack. It's like, no, I fear God. That's the name of my brand and my clothes are fire. So do you like them or not? <laughs> do you want to wear them or not? You know what I mean? And I like yeah. what he represents, man. He's a super cool dude. I haven't met him yet. I got some friends that are close to him, and I pray that it kind of connects in the lines, but Jerry Lorenzo is my dude. Yeah, I like those. I, I, I really, and I, so Virgil is dropping those twos soon, so I'm going to save up and get those. Lord Jesus, he's I know so, I'm about to buy them. You said so, what? He's so expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just I, I'm cheap and it could very well not be expensive, but me being the, the cheapo that I am, I just can't see it. I can't. It's okay. I, like, so, and I was just gonna say that like my next big purchase mm-hmm. of shoes is probably like after those twos, my next big purchase is finally probably gonna be the fear of God Nikes. I got like, those. I dislike it. <laughs> They're so dope. And I've only worn them once. Literally only uh, worn. What colorway? I got the black ones. Okay. Okay. I think those are the ones I, that I want to grab. Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones that I want to grab. I um wish that I had them now, but <laughs> I don't. You know. I could have, yeah. I think I could have had them. I, I recently purchased the uh and I've ruined them already. My blue yeah. toe, the Union One blue toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been wearing. I, <laughs> yeah, they get worn. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Them suckers just get worn My all God. the time. All the so time, they they go get you, worn. Huh? That's exactly why you brought them. Yes, exactly. Just like you said, it's a Jordan One. It go with everything. I'm wearing that sucker. I'm wearing it. Them joints. One of the bros, he saw uh, we recorded a podcast and I showed it to him. And he was like, it like you went to a festival and those. I was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> so beat up, bro. They so trash. They so, they so beat up. That and I just way. was like, I would just, I just want somebody to Google them. I ain't had to pay like full re- resale, uh-huh. but like, I had to pay like full resale of what they are when this podcast comes out, but I had to pay like resale from like maybe two weeks or three weeks after they came out. And, you know, glory to God. I had, (laughs) (laughs) I had it in my account. I was like, well, yeah, I ain't eating. I get, you know, rent about to come in. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I guess I ain't gonna eat. For, right. <laughs> I eat after this paycheck. I'm gonna just wait till the first. 
Glad I got groceries. Glad I got groceries. Man. But uh but yeah, man, I appreciate you hopping in. How can people get in touch with you, G? Uh, social media, my Instagram is, what's my Instagram? Swolray1, S-W-O-L-R-A-Y-1. Uh, Facebook is just Derek Ray. And the website for uh, Faith Moves is faithmoves.online. Faithmoves.online. You have yep. to make sure they knew. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I appreciate you hopping on Jesus and Jim and, Shoes, man. Uh, to be on here with you, brother. Thank yeah. you so much. No problem. Well, this has been another episode of Jesus in Gym Shoes, where we have unparalleled conversations about life skills in Jesus. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and tell somebody about it. You know, tell your mama, tell your best friend, and tell some other people. <laughs> Peace. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs>